This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. Well, it's, uh, Lord willing, going to warm up a little bit for us here this week, right? Uh, it's, been, it's been cold. My kids had a spring break last week, and we had all kinds of plans for spring break. We were going to do a lot of things outside, go camping, go to castles and coasters for the first roller coaster ride. And the rain and the cold weather canceled most of the things we had planned, <laughs> but we were able to do other things. They still had fun, and these things we did have planned. Well, we'll just have, we pushed them out and do them scattered over the next month or so. That way, we can at least get that fulfilled. Lord willing, man, it's a cold March. Uh, not that I'm complaining too much. Um, it just tells me that maybe we won't have such a harsh summer like we did last year. So we're, we're thankful for that. <clears throat> well, we've been looking at 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, it's been kind of scattered throughout the, the weeks. Uh, verses, what is that, 3 through 11. Here in that first chapter. And, and we've broken it up into three sections. Verses 3 and 4, 5 through 7. And today we're going to look through 8 and uh, to 11. And here, Peter has been talking about having the, the these uh, attributes, these virtues, this fruit in us. If you are a Christian, if you you have the faith that you know caused you to have obedience faith and obedience faith, or you're acting upon the word of Christ, so you're already at that point. He's saying, from there, add unto your faith, which you should already have, these things, and if these things are in you and are increasing. You will never stumble, never fall, that deathly fall where you never get up. In other words, these things must be in you. If you're going to be a spiritual, growing, mature Christian, these things must be in you. And so let's read the whole passage again, and then I want us to, to conclude this with those verses 8 through 11. Looking there at verse 3. Actually, let's start in verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his, that's Jesus, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his, uh, his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, 
having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now, for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind, or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Okay, look there at verse 8. For if these qualities are yours. He's talking about those qualities from verses 5, 6, and 7. It's these virtues. It's that fruit that ought to be growing within us. And, And it's similar to the fruit of the Spirit over there in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And, and that fruit is not to be understood as you know making other Christians. It's that, that which grows in us. It's us dying to ourselves and living for Christ. And his attitude, his mind, his heart must be growing in us. And if you remember when uh, Jesus told, was it Philip? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, told one of the disciples, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father, because the two are the same. And so if we look like Jesus, guess what? We look like God. That's why the text tells us that we are partaking in the divine nature, the very mind and heart of God. We are becoming just like our Father. That's what he wants of us. He wants us to be just like him. And so... If these qualities are yours and are increasing, and that word increasing is talking about striving to fill up our cup, to fill it up with these things, it will render us neither useless nor unfruitful. You remember, so, so in other words, you know, we, we become not just useless, but useful. We aren't just some plant out there using up all the resources of the garden and giving nothing in return. We're producing something. It's just like when Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, and we are the branches, right? And the vine dresser, God is going around looking. Is my garden producing what it should? And if it does not, he comes along and he says, this this branch isn't producing anything. I'm going to cut it off. Throw it into the fire. But maybe Jesus will come along and say, wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me work on it a little bit. Give me some time to, to try to nurture it and, and feed it and give it the, the, the resources it needs to produce. And in a year, maybe, maybe it will produce and we'll see. That's actually kind of me 
combining two parables there, but I think you get the point. Remember when Jesus saw the fig tree, he was leaving Jerusalem with his disciples, he saw a fig tree from afar and he went to it to, to get some fruit, and there was none, so he cursed the fig tree, because what good was it? It was useless, it wasn't producing. If we are not producing these qualities, what does that mean? We are useless and unfruitful. What will happen? We'll get cut down and thrown into the fire. So how important is it that we do or have these things in us and growing in us? It's important. And if you're listening to this program and you're wondering, well, well, well Chris, can you tell me about those, those attributes? Well, you're, you're going to have to go back to my older program. Go to www.nvcoc.org. Net That stands for North Valley Church of Christ, nvcoc.net. And when you get there, scroll down. You have to scroll pretty far down past our YouTube channel stuff for the online services, and you'll see this radio mic. Click on that radio mic. You'll see this program and all the previous programs as well. And you can find those uh, on there and, and, and learn more about those things. Or just come down here to North or come up here to North Valley. We're near Cape Creek. Visit with us. Talk with me. Hear about the lessons we're, we're going through. We're preaching on these on Sunday morning as well. So it renders you neither useless or unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word, that phrase, true knowledge, that's epigonosko in our Greek, right? Epigonosko. It's not just gnosko. You see the word gnosko in the Greek, that, that means to know, but it's only to know in part or a, a small section as you, you bring it in, you're taking bits and pieces and bring it into your mind and heart. The true knowledge here is of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is to have a more exact viewing of an object, a more exact viewing of who Jesus is. And so we're growing into that. The more we put the stuff on, this fruit the moral excellence, the knowledge, the self-control, perseverance under a great weight, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. The more we're bringing this in and understanding it and applying it into our own lives, the more we see Jesus in a more exact, accurate way. And so as we continue to move through this passage here in 2 Peter chapter 1, I want us to examine these admonitions that he gives us here at the very end in verses 8, 9, or well, now at this point, 9 through 11, as we discussed it, that diligence must be exercised. But what if, you, what if you don't have these things? What if you don't have this fruit in you? You know, he says there in verse 9, for he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted. That's a deficiency, isn't it? He, it so Peter's giving us a specific warning about those who lack these things. These things, are, that's what Peter was referring to in verses 5 through 7. Now, the Lord provided our salvation full and free. Every Christian is responsible, though, to obtain and grow in these things. And if they are not readily found in us, we're deficient in our faith. What good are we? We have to have these if we want to fulfill being effective in our Christian service. While these may be more abundant at times than others, they should always be present in some form in our life and growing, growing in us. Right? Also, if you don't have these things, he calls us blind, or those who don't have it, I should say, blind or short-sighted. 
So failing to possess these things in our lives creates this dysfunction within our walk with the Lord. Paul, uh, Paul, Peter reveals a lack of these attributes affects our spiritual vision, doesn't it? It's hard. If you don't have this, it's hard for you to see the path. It's, and it's hard to see the path because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. But if you're not growing in these things, you don't have an exact viewing of Jesus. And if you don't have an exact viewing of Jesus, then it's going to be hard to follow him. You're becoming blind, near-sighted, myopic. You see that? Short-sighted with blind refers to a specific kind of blindness. We actually see in the Greek there a word that's similar to myopic. That's where we get our term, myopic. That's the exact appropriate word according to Linsky in his commentary. He's not talking about a pagan here who never heard the word and therefore is blind. This is somebody who knows about the word but has only a useless glimmer left in their heart. And they become short-sighted, blind. They can't see far enough out to see where they need to go, to see the Lord. No doubt, we've all experienced seasons of vision problems, right? As we walk with the Lord, failing to walk in fellowship with Christ has immediate consequences. But we also discover that it can have detrimental implications on our future endeavors as well. We become, we're moving in a good direction, and then after a while, we get we get kind of complacent, right? Well, it's so nice being at home and, and doing worship service from the chair and, and getting up and getting my cup of coffee. And But we need the church. We need the worship service. And we'll see why here in a little bit as we continue to work through this passage. Because if we keep doing this, if, if we are short-sighted and blind, there's going to be damage. And the damage is that we forget our purification from our former sins. So this is that increasing danger in spiritual immaturity, resulting in that lack of vision if left untreated. Not only is our memory affected by spiritual immaturity, but also we can easily fall from grace. And those who fail to possess these attributes, growing in their faith, are in danger of forgetting the blessedness of that salvation. Because we're distracted by the things of this life. And when we find ourselves becoming insensitive to the teachings of the word, and we begin to backslide in our walk, going back to the former life. It is impossible to adequately convey the dangers of spiritual immaturity and neglect. Once our vision begins to slip, we soon lose sight of that abundance we have received in Christ. Our passion and our commitment to him begin to slip away. We forget all that he has done for us and the joy of salvation. It is easy. It is so easy to become complacent and even lose our desire to serve God and to fellowship him. We are all responsible to grow in our faith, continually seeking to walk with him and to conform to his image. So if you find yourself in this state, here in verse 9, what do you do? If you see that you are short-sighted, man, Chris, you're right. I I haven't been actively working on these uh, uh, things in me. And and I I see that. I I find myself becoming more complacent. I'm not going to Sunday night services. I'm not going to Wednesday night. I haven't been studying and reading the Word. What do I do? Well, Peter doesn't warn us of the dangers of immaturity without offering a recourse for the problem. He speaks of the basis for spiritual stability in Christ. He refers to our continual relationship. Look at 
if you are there, if you have your Bible open, I'll read it for you. But he talks about this in verse 10, the first part, where he says, Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. So he's challenging us, the Christian, to make their calling and their choosing sure. No, but, but what exactly does this mean? Well, this speaks of having assurance of our salvation. Now, make certain here, when he says make certain, it literally means to firm or to firm up. And the calling and the choosing you is another pair of terms that Peter combines, kind of similar to useless and unfruitful we were just looking at. The called is we're called by the gospel. And the chosen is in Christ. When we respond to the gospel by being baptized into Christ. If we fulfill Peter's exhortation here, then the promise will be true that there in the end of verse 10, for as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. You will never stumble. Now, never stumble refers to an apostasy or uh, a final fatal stumbling. And note that expression, these things. We find that all throughout verses 8 through 10. It's constantly referring back to verses 5, 6, and 7. So if you missed that, please go back to hear that lesson or, or, or read that again. Think about those things. These things need to be in you. And they work together. It's not, I want to work on self-control, and then later on I want to work on perseverance. No, you work on one, after, and each one builds upon the others, and they all help each other out growing up so that we may look more and more like Christ the more we do these things. And, and Peter here, he's not implying that we live uh, these lives of sinless perfection. At our very best, you know, where if we fail, we're going to miss the mark at times. But he's talking about failing and choosing to remain down and not get back up. That's that fatal stumble. If we live in a way that seeks to honor the Lord God, striving to grow in our faith while pleasing him, we may you know, mess up from time to time, but we will desire to get back up and to continue for him. But that's only going to happen if this fruit can be found in us and it is growing in us. And so Peter concludes with a second promise regarding that diligence. Make certain of his calling and his choosing. Do you know why you're doing this and why you did it? That's why it's so important when we baptize people into Christ. I, I feel like sometimes we just we rush it so quickly because we don't want anyone to miss out on, on the, the greatness of, of the kingdom of God. Oh, he wants to be baptized? Put him in the water. I think we ought to be a little careful there do they know what they're getting into? Not that it's a bad thing. It's a great thing. But it requires so much. This is not an end-all, say-all, you're baptized, and boom, you're there. This is saying, that's your way of saying, look, here's my beginning. This is a new slate, a new start. It's going to be a hard, difficult road. This ain't easy. I've got to undo all that I've learned in this life and all that I've become and die to myself and change who I am completely from the inside out. That's hard. And so, verse 11, 
For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Wait a minute, Peter. Hang on. Why, why were you talking about make certain of your his choosing and calling you? I, I, I got the choosing and I, I was called. I, I obeyed the gospel. What, what, what do you mean? What has to be abundantly supplied to me? Don't I have everything I need already? Well, yeah, it's there, but you got to grab it and do something with it. You got to. I don't want to jump ahead to the supply to you. Let, let's start, go back a little bit to the entrance. What is the entrance? Well, you know, actually, no, I do. Let, let's, 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 let's go back. Let's, those who have, those who live committed lives for Christ, those of us who are striving to die to self and live for him, were promised entrance into the everlasting kingdom of heaven. Facing the battles of the flesh and the attacks of the enemy. Those are definitely, that's hard to do. It's hard to endure. But the reward of heaven, that should that will make it all worthwhile if you understand, if you have that true knowledge, a good view of Christ. And those who are in Christ and growing can live with that confident expectation of eternal life with Christ. And that's why Paul, or Paul, John writes this, he talks about Jesus. Jesus is talking to his disciples in John 14, verses 1 through 3. He says, do not let your heart be troubled. He's Because he's about ready to leave. He wants to let them know, I'm leaving, but don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He's making it all ready. And there is much that we often consider when we think of heaven and eternity, right? We we think of of being reunited with loved ones. We think of the absence of pain, suffering, of disease, and death. Maybe we think about how beautiful it's going to be because we get that, that idea of what the image might be, the pearly gates and the, the streets of gold. You know, the best way for us to describe it is earthly ways, but I think it's going to be so much more than that. And when we provide an eternal life, Jesus will make heaven uh, uh, will make heaven what it is for the saved, and we will praise and worship him for eternity. I remember as a kid when I first heard that, you'll be worshiping Christ for the eternity. I got so scared. Because in my mind as a child, I thought, what? I don't want to have to go through a worship service for eternity. This this lesson already feels like three hours, right? If I, when me and my brothers, I have three older brothers. When we get together, I could not, we we get together uh, when we can, but we always meet someplace. I could not tell you where it is we meeting or or, or what was there or or what we ate or how beautiful that the scenery was. All I I could tell you how awesome it was to be there and to talk with them and be with them. I loved it. My, all my grandparents have passed away. What I wouldn't give to be able to sit down and just talk with my pappy. You know what I mean, right? I'm sure y'all, everyone out there has that per someone, either that passed on or, or he's here now that you just love to be around. That's what he's talking about. We're going to be there with the Lord, praising him when we hear and, and really see all the greatness of what he has done and has continued to do for us. Chris, let me tell you, 
more accurately the things of, of what we've done here. Chris, let me tell you about Enoch. Remember, he walked with God. God took him, for he, was, he walked with God. He was not. And all these amazing things, and there's so much more I want to say about that, but I'm running out of time, and I want to get to a few more things about the entrance. The entrance, when you go in, that, that's the way in, right? The entrance is the truth, the true, genuine way in. It is the life, and that's what Jesus is. He's the way, the truth, and the life. It's us growing into Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Therefore, die to self, live for Christ. You better reflect the Lord. And it will be abundantly supplied to you. The Lord has given us the church. He's given us elders, ministers, teachers, the word of God. You know, the word, is that's our food. And if you're only eating on Sundays and Wednesdays, you're not going to survive. Imagine if that's what you did in real life, physically, you would only eat on Sundays, you know, breakfast in the morning, dinner at night, and then dinner on Wednesday night. That's it. That's all you ate. How long could you survive? You can't. That's you, you can't. You're going to die. The Word is our food, and you need to be partaking of it in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening, every single day. The Lord supplied this for you, and He has supplied you with time. Make the most of it. Redeem the time, right? For the days are evil. Peter's exhorting us, his readers, to grow towards spiritual maturity. God has provided everything we need for our new life in Christ. We may truly share in the very nature of God by pursuing the attributes listed here in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. And when these qualities are added to our faith, we take on the very characteristics of God. How awesome is that? And if you want to have a better understanding of what all this means, you need to grow in these things. Look at these things. And I encourage you to go back and find those older lessons on this and and really get this down. Make this a priority every day. And if you do that, if you continue to grow in these things, as Peter tells us, you will never stumble. You'll never stumble and never get back up. I mean, we're going to have times where we mess up, but you will never fall away. You'll never fall from grace. Well, I appreciate you being here uh, this afternoon. I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you very much, and take care. Bring the message out. Sending up to sweep away till Shaddam the better day. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Till the sinful world be one for Jehovah's mighty son. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ.